we're starting the last leg of this this series on on the apostles creed and i, I hope that you've been learning um i hope that as we've journeyed through this series so far you've been brought into a closer relationship with uh, with the triune god and today the clause that we've got to uh we believe in the holy spirit and i want to come at it really from two connected but slightly different aspects um first i want to look at the person of the holy spirit who is it that we are professing belief in at this point and then and then i want to move in to look a little bit at the works of the holy spirit why it's important to not separate them entirely from one another um, that, I, I, i've said many times that the apostles creed as we've gone through this series it's trinitarian in nature everything that is included in this profession of faith it's drawn from the pages of scripture from from the word of god what god has revealed to us of himself uh, so as we come and we look at the person of the holy spirit i want to go to scripture i want to read uh, a very familiar text just a couple of verses from matthew 28 uh, 18 uh, through 20 and jesus came and he said to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything that i have commanded you and remember i am with you always to the end of the age here here is a point uh, as matthew is telling us the words of jesus at the very end of his earthly ministry we often refer to this as the, the, the Great Commission. And it's, it's what we're supposed to be doing. It's what we're all supposed to be getting involved in. Sharing the message that we carry. The message that has been passed on to us from previous generations. A message which we're charged with proclaiming to the next generation of Jesus followers. And this instruction is clear, isn't it? It says go. It doesn't say sit idly by expecting people to come to you to hear the good news it says go get on your horse get on your bike and go and tell them we're all to be disciples that make disciples that's what the great commission's telling us um, and the only way in which this is possible is because jesus has given us the authority to do it and paul describes us as ambassadors as, as carrying the seal of the lord but the thing about an ambassador is they don't stay in their own country do they they leave it and they head to the new places and if we're going to be truly ambassadors for god's kingdom then we need to be heading into the world which doesn't recognize his existence doesn't recognize the presence of the holy spirit doesn't acknowledge the kingdom of god and we need to be going we need to be going in the authority which jesus has given us and we need to be teaching everything that he has taught and we need to be baptizing in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit see that jesus has given this commission at the end of his time on earth it should really drill home the importance 
not only to proclaim the message which we carry, but to remember in that that faith is not personal. It is for sharing. It's not personal. It is for sharing. And over that, here, we're reminded that God is three in one, the Godhead, the Trinity. And it's of such importance that Jesus instructs us to welcome new believers into the family in their name. Okay, yeah, the Trinity's complex. And I've heard many people try to explain it in many different ways and, and trip themselves up with heresy after heresy, kind of almost unaware in that moment of what they're saying. And, and although it might be well meant, it's just inaccurate and, and it dangerous uh, to the understanding and, and contrary to what God's word says. We've got to stick to what God's word says. We've got to stick to scripture. This is where God reveals himself to us as father, as son, and as Holy Spirit. And we've looked at father and son in depth during this series so far. You see, the doctrine of the Trinity really kind of emerged um, out of a need to understand God is one. But at the same time, he is also Father, Son and Holy Spirit. That's what Scripture teaches. That's what the Old Testament and the New Testament teaches. You take, for example, Deuteronomy 6.4, part of the Deshima prayer prayed by devout Jews on a daily basis. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord is one. It's a testimony of Scripture that the Lord is one. But it is also declaring God as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. It's not a contradiction. It's not a Scripture tripping itself up or, or, or giving different stories. It's God revealing himself to us. God is complex. We don't understand God in, in, in his fullness and we can't understand God in his fullness. We can only understand that which he has revealed to us. We can only know that which he shows us. I think back to when we looked at God as Father, yeah? Creator of heaven and of earth. And I spoke of the creation story a bit and, and how the Father is present there speaking how the spirit is hovering over the waters in the Genesis story and how Paul talks about Jesus being present at creation and, and speaking things into being. All things came into being and all things are made for him, right? And when I always, always when I'm speaking of these things, I'm reminded of a, of a song. I think it's a great song by a fellow Englishman, Graham Kendrick called servant king and, and and there's a verse in that song which really connects the creation the beginning of time as we know it with with good friday and the redemptive work of christ on the cross and 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 that line that simply says hands that flung stars into space to cruel nails surrendered hands that flung stars into space to cruel nails surrendered the spirit hovered over the waters at the beginning of time it's always been it always will be because the spirit is part of God and God is the same yesterday today 
and forever. And when we profess our belief in the Holy Spirit, uh, we state, as Jesus Christ has instructed the church to do, that we are dependent on the Holy Spirit. And last week we looked at the ascension, if you remember, and, and why it's so important that we remember that moment because of its importance. It wouldn't be in the creed if it wasn't important. See, Jesus going to be with the Father enabled, released the Spirit to come and be with us. But the sadness today that I find, many, um, many Christians don't really accept the importance of the Holy Spirit. And we sang today, didn't we, just then, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And we ask that he flood this place, uh, the place that we are sat now as individuals, this place, the virtual world in which I'm coming to you, entering your living room, that he flood the stream, that you hear him through my words. But I wonder how many of you are really open to, to really letting go and welcoming the Holy Spirit into your home, into your lives. A pastor friend of mine wrote a parody to, this, to, to, to that song um, in, in which um, the church was welcoming the Spirit and preparing a place in the corner for the Spirit to sit, trying to almost uh, control the Spirit. You know, recognizing the importance, but not wanting to really let go. Because we like to be in control. We don't like to be out of control. Um, but where the spirit truly is, control is something that we do not have. If we really have the spirit in us, we are not in control and we don't have control. In the Nicene Creed, we profess belief in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. See, for us living the life that we live today, we, we need to be more willing to accept the words of Jesus, where he tells us that it is better that we have the Spirit in us than Jesus himself standing next to us. But how often do we, do we stop and dwell on that fact? How often do we actually hear those words? How often do churches preach the person and the works of the Holy Spirit? And I would have to say nowhere near as much as it's needed to. See, the silence of the church when it comes to the person of the Holy Spirit is actually, I think, what dampens the message of the gospel. It robs the church of power and authority which Jesus has handed to us. We are in Christ. That's what scripture tells us. And the spirit lives in us. We've been given all authority as ambassadors of Christ. His spirit's our guide, our counsellor, our comforter. He's going with us as we go into the world declaring the good news, proclaiming the message that has been entrusted to us with the purpose of being shared. Okay, faith isn't personal. 
Faith is for sharing. And the Holy Spirit is every bit as important and significant as the Father and the Son. And we're instructed to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul writes in Romans 8, 12 through 14, So then, brothers and sisters, we are obligated not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Are you allowing yourself to be led by the Spirit? Or are you holding him at an arm's length? Maybe out of a bit of fear of of losing control, of not being in control. My t-shirt today reads, Faith over fear. Are you stepping out in faith? Are you letting the Spirit truly lead you? See, as disciples of Christ, we're called to be living according to the Spirit and not to the flesh Um, but this can only be achieved if we truly let go if we let let go of any idea of grandeur any idea that we're in charge that you know we, we get to make all of our own decisions completely we do yes but if we're allowing the spirit to lead us and guide us then those decisions will be within the parameters that God's law sets and we sang in Alex's song. Yeah. He wrote the laws by which we abide. And as the spirit abides in us. That's what enables us to live. Not according to the flesh. We declared by Paul. Um, as he writes in 1 Corinthians. Uh, chapter 6 verse 19. To be a temple of the Holy Spirit. He says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Which you have from God. And that you are not your own. For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. See, when we proclaim Jesus to be Lord. And the Spirit resides in us. It's then and only then that we can actually realize sanctification. We can actually realize salvation. Without the ministry of the Holy Spirit, there's absolutely no way in which we can defeat sin. He knew, Jesus, that we needed the Holy Spirit. And that's why he sent him for us, to us. It's through this third person of the Trinity that we're able to show The whole world who God is in his fullness as revealed to us in scripture. The works of the Holy Spirit in our lives, through our lives, it's so vast. It's it's just so immense. I haven't really got time to do it justice in in what I'm going to be able to, to kind of say for the rest of this morning. But the works flow from the person. And I just want to share you a few stories from, from my life. Um, I, as we go on to look at the work of the Holy Spirit. So I remember a time when it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'll be honest. 
I mean, I wholeheartedly believed in the person and works of the Spirit. But at times I was like, didn't want to get too close. Um, but then one day a person that I knew um, was going through a difficult time. Uh, he'd gotten himself into a bad crowd. Um, a crowd that was passing off non-biblical teaching as truth. Um, and he got caught up in that. Um, and he'd given over to these non-truths. And as a result of that, he'd welcomed in other spirits. Either kind of, I wouldn't say consciously on purpose, um, but in accepting the non-truths, he welcomed in these other spirits. And, and it was hard to see. Um, but if it, if it weren't for a really good friend of mine, uh, who was my priest at the time as well, um, I wouldn't have seen it. But once my eyes were open to it, it was, I want to say it was scary. It, I wasn't afraid, but I was scared. And I think there's a difference between those two things. And the two of us got together and we prayed over this 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 person and uh, and to see the physical reaction of the Holy Spirit reclaiming his home, um, cleaning, really, you know, dusting the cobwebs out, clearing the spirits that were that were trying to 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 live there away, um, really highlighted the power of God for me um, the desire that he has to to protect his people from harm of the evil one from the from the army of the evil one um, it's huge but it's not possible without the Holy Spirit and welcoming him fully into our lives that we can minister to others as he ministers to us another example of seeing the Spirit at work um, in my life personally as well in, in this instance I was at a conference um, the speaker was talking about um, the Holy Spirit how, how the Holy Spirit moves uh, and he wasn't trying to make anything happen he wasn't pretending um, in, in any way he just welcomed the Spirit he asked him to come and to literally change the atmosphere in the room and after waiting for a few minutes there was this noise behind me to the left uh, and a woman in the top right as he was looking left behind me, um, she just was healed. She was able to do things that she she hadn't been able to do, and she started to share with with us all what was going on. And the speaker shared that where the spirit's working, pray into that when we see the Spirit working because the Spirit will move and will continue to move and kind of almost like um, like a fountain as as the Spirit works in your life you, you will you will shed the Spirit into the lives of those who are around you and that's exactly what happened the Spirit moved from this woman um, and, and kind of plotted a course right the way across the auditorium and it was just you just saw these different people being being healed of of physical illnesses or or um, of, of, of of relationship difficulties being being worked out, and 
and as the spirit was moving through the auditorium um, like I said not in a random way but in a detailed plotting way it went right through me it went right through me I hadn't not long before this had a car accident and the movement that I had in my back was restricted um, a lot of pain at the time anytime I moved in in pretty much any way um, but I felt myself burning up and I and I and I felt myself being released to move again in ways that I hadn't since that accident. See, the Spirit, it, He wants to set us free. He wants to take a home in our lives, minister to us, and help equip us to minister to others. See, in sharing these stories, I'm not trying to um, help us all move away from uh, fearing what might happen having that 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 kind of uh, that i say not fear but, but being scared it's okay to be a bit scared but don't fear we want to move away from fearing what might happen as we let go because it's okay to lose control and paul tells us that god is made strong in our weakness right his revealed strength through our weakness if we're not going to put ourselves in a vulnerable position if we're not going to let ourselves not be in control then that weakness isn't going to show up show through and god's not going to show up through it and and, and his strength isn't going to be uh, revealed uh, see when we give up control whew, it's amazing what can actually happen yeah the spirit manifests itself in and through our lives every single day we just got to watch for it the more we give in the more we get to see the more we get to be part of as he ministers to us and through that we get to minister to the world see where we open ourselves up to be a home for the spirit then evidence of that will be there there'll be evidence in our lives and if there is an evidence of the spirit at work in and through your life people are not going to think the spirit's there and you're going to have to ask yourself why am i not letting the spirit in because that evidence should be there if the spirit resides um, we might not see god move in the ways that i just described um, all the time but we will see god in the actions um, that come from the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, Galatians 5 tells us the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, you are able to show these fruits of the Spirit. As you, as you love others, and out of that love you show kindness, you could be part of a miracle. Okay? As you, as you patiently pray for others to come to know the Lord, your commitment to that prayer, to that patience, can bear fruit beyond even your imagination. As you practice self-control, as you step into faithfulness, you can start to see more and more of what God is doing in this world and be encouraged, be invited to join in with that work. Yeah, living a life with the Spirit means that the virtues of godliness manifest themselves in your life. 
And so today, today I'm going to ask you to be seeking relationship with the Spirit of God. If you know Jesus and you've committed to him as Lord and Saviour, but you don't really know the Spirit, then seek him. Like I said, don't be afraid of what will come, because whatever it is will be magnificent. Because it's what God's got in store for you. It can't be anything else. You've got to truly let go and give in to God. The person and the works of the Holy Spirit, whom we, we profess to have faith in as we say the words of the creed, is better in the here and now than having Jesus walk by our side. That's what Jesus said. That's why Jesus sent him. And he told us all power and authority has been given to us. And that with the Holy Spirit, we would accomplish more than he did during his earthly ministry. That's a charge for the church. A charge that we need to step up and start taking much more seriously. So believe it. Remember that faith, faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. So pray for a faith to be that small. Okay? Pray for a, a faith to be as small as a mustard seed. Welcome the Spirit fully to take up residence in your life. And, and through that intimate relationship that you, that, you, that you develop, the world will not help but see, help but notice the resulting fruitful harvest of that ministry. That ministry of the Holy Spirit in you and the ministry that you give to the world out of that. So as you respond to today's message, we're gonna we're gonna play some music as we as we've started to do. Um, feel free to sing out praises. Feel free to to to, to be praying peacefully. Uh, call into the prayer room. Have others pray with you. Prayer room is going to be open during those 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 that music time see how you respond it really doesn't matter it doesn't matter how you respond what matters right now is that you do respond though so come to him him who gave his all for us he sent the holy spirit so that we may better know him and the father who sent him and live live into this beautiful blessing of abundant an eternal life that is available only available because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit right now so we're gonna have a couple of songs be praying be responding be having a conversation in the comments if you want call into the prayer room like I've said responding how you feel called to respond but the important thing is that you do respond. Receive the person of the Holy Spirit and believe into the works of the Holy Spirit. That is the call that Christ placed on his followers. So let's do that now.